Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This episode of Ghost Town may contain disturbing or graphic descriptions, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Please use discretion while listening. Time runs out. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. July 28, 1996, John Kopik, a fisherman who regularly took his rig off the coast of South Devon, was having a particularly bad day on the water. His rig had been out for 10 hours and he had no luck with a good catch. So Kopik decided to go to a choppy, somewhat dangerous area of the English Channel, an area locals called the Roughs. They lowered their nets and waited, hoping to scoop up any fish they could from the murky sea floor. But what they pulled up would not be fish. It was still compact and heavy. The body of a man with a long sleeve shirt, brown shoes and pants with the pockets turned inside out. Shocked, Kopik and his men looked for any kind of wallet or identifying factor, but there was nothing. Well, nothing but a small maple leaf tattoo on the victim's hand and a near pristine Rolex watch on his wrist, a gold Rolex Oyster Perpetual, to be exact. Today we're talking about a confounding case, one that involves murder incest, conspiracy, and Canada. I know what you're thinking. Don't you dare bring Canada into this. Well, we had to. I'm sorry. Today on Ghost Town, we're talking about Albert Johnson Walker, known to history as the Rolex Killer. Many fishermen are superstitious, thinking that hauling in a dead body could bring bad luck to their boat. More concretely, it would mean for fisherman John Kopik that he'd contaminate the meager fish they'd caught, a full day's work lost. But Kopik called the Coast Guard and informed them that they'd caught a dead man, and they were bringing him to the nearest station. At first examination, authorities believed the victim to be a man between 40 and 50 years old, in the water for about a week. He had bruises on his hips and leg and a significant head injury, but the injury would not have been fatal. First investigators believed the victim had accidentally drowned in the busy English Channel, but nobody had reported any missing people recently. The victim's official cause of death was ruled to be drowning. Investigators began the search to find the victim's identity, looking at dental records and the tattoo, but to no avail. Almost immediately, they knew finding out who this person was relied solely on his very important accessory, that gold Rolex. Every Rolex has a hidden serial number where the band meets the face. And, news to me, Rolex keeps records of all of its inventory and services around their product. Luckily enough, police found that the watch had been twice fixed by a Rolex-approved jeweler in Yorkshire, the last service being 10 years before in 1986. 
When police asked the jeweler who brought in the watch, they said a man named Ronald Joseph Platt. It was a name, something the police could go on. But it took nearly a month to find his latest known address in Chelmsford, Essex. The landlord at his residence said that Ron didn't live at the address anymore, but was able to share Platt's one reference on his original lease application. Platt put down a man called David Davis, and Davis's cell was, conveniently, on the application. David Davis was a 50-year-old retired financial advisor from Canada who lived in the small village of Woodham Walter in Essex with his 21-year-old wife, Noelle, and their two young daughters. When police call Davis, he finally gives them the identity of Ronald Platt, an unmarried 50-year-old TV repairman. More than that, Davis also said that Ron was his best friend, but that he hadn't seen him in over three months after lending him some money to start an electrical business in France. Ron was trying to start a new life. He had moved to Canada with his ex-girlfriend, a woman he had dated for over 13 years named Elaine Boys, but had broken up with her abruptly. After the breakup, Ron came back to England to regroup. He had grown up in Canada and loved it, hence his maple leaf tattoo, and his lifelong dream was to live there yet again. At long last, the police have some information from their call with Davis, but when they follow up again, Davis stops answering his phone. Local police, now suspicious, pay Davis a visit at his home, but get the wrong house. A helpful neighbor pointed the police to Davis's house, but, confused, said the man who lived there was not called David Davis. The man who lived there with his young wife, Noelle, was named Ronald Platt. Of course, this caught the detectives off guard. The man with the Rolex and maple leaf tattoo was confirmed and positively identified by Platt's own brother. So what was going on? Doing some digging, detectives found something very concerning. For the last three years, all of Davis's bills were paid with Platt's checks and credit cards. Some were even signed by Platt after his body was discovered on July 28th. Now the question was, who was David Davis and why had he assumed the identity of Ronald Platt? Investigators soon learned that the answers begin with Ron's ex, Elaine Boyce. Elaine met David Davis when she was a receptionist at a fine art auction house in London. Striking up a conversation, Elaine noticed Davis's North American accent and told him that her boyfriend grew up in Canada and always wanted to go back there. In fact, the couple were saving up to do just that. At the end of their hour-and-a-half conversation, Elaine was charmed by Davis, and Davis felt the same, offering Elaine a lucrative job as his executive assistant. When Ron Platt met David Davis, he was also charmed by Davis's ambition and warmth. Davis regaled the couple with stories about his days as a student at Edinburgh University, his rich lifestyle, his celebrity run-ins, and for a while, the three were fast friends. So when Davis told Elaine and Ron that he had started a new business venture and wanted them both as directors on his board, they said sure. So Ron and Elaine were now executive directors at the Cavendish Corporation, a business dealing in fine antiques. But Davis did not join them in the position. Instead, he worked behind the scenes. When they asked Davis why he wasn't a director too, he admitted to them that he was trying to avoid his ex-wife's efforts to drain him financially. He feared that if his name was on any documents, she would try to take any profit he'd make. The two accepted that answer and kept on keeping on. Cut to Christmas of 1992, and Davis invites Ron and Elaine over for a Christmas dinner with Davis and his daughter, Noelle. Noelle was a shy teenager, kind, quiet. When it was time for gifts, Davis gave the couple a big one, a life-changing one. He gave Elaine and Ron a card saying he bought them two tickets to Calgary, Canada, and that they would leave within the month. So when Davis wanted their driver's licenses along with stamps of their signatures for his use, the couple thought it was a good idea and would help with the strain of their absence. In February 1993, Elaine and Ron finally moved to Canada, 
but it was immediately a struggle. It was the dead of winter, and the two couldn't find jobs. Five months later, the two called it quits on Canada and their relationship, with Elaine going back to the UK and Ron staying in Canada for a bit longer before returning himself. When Davis found out Ron and Elaine broke up, he was devastated. Davis urged Elaine to give Ron and Canada a second chance, but she said no. After their breakup and not working for David Davis's company anymore, Davis and Elaine boys drifted apart, but were still friendly. So when Davis called Elaine in late 1996 for a catch-up, she didn't think too much of it. They talked, concluded the conversation, and went about their lives. But then, police called Elaine at the tail end of 1996 to tell her that Ron had passed away. She was shocked, at first thinking he might have hurt himself after his Canadian relocation hadn't worked out. But when police started asking questions about David Davis, Elaine realized her old friend had called three weeks before and hadn't mentioned Ron at all. Suddenly, it dawned on Elaine. David knew Ron was dead when they had talked, and for some reason, mentioned nothing. At that point, Elaine Boys went all in on the investigation, giving police whatever they needed to help establish when David Davis had changed his name to Ronald Platt. Investigators realized that, after attending Elaine's sister's wedding in 1993, Davis left Harrogate with his daughter and moved to Tiverton in Devon, introducing himself as Ron Platt, and introducing his daughter, now pregnant, as either Elaine Boyce or Noel Platt. Davis also owned a sailboat that was moored in South Devon, close to where Platt's body was found. Furthermore, Davis's phone records also showed that calls were made from the same area where Ron was found during the same time in July that his death was estimated to have occurred. Although Davis told police that he hadn't seen his friend in months, when investigators interviewed witnesses, they got a different story. The two were seen together in the coastal Devon town of Totnes, just a month before Ron's death, checking into the steam packet inn under the names David and Ronald Platt. Why Ron agreed to pretend his ex-boss and friend was his brother, nobody truly knows. But either way, Ronald was clearly already in grave danger. On October 31st, 1996, police show up at David Davis's home, and despite trying to make a quick getaway in a cab, they arrested him and charged him with murder and fraud. Now, with Davis in custody, Noelle, her daughter, and a second daughter are brought in for questioning. But before she's taken away in a police vehicle, Noelle asked police if she could pack a diaper bag. Police agree, but when officers go through the diaper bag, what they find weren't items for a three-year-old or a six-month-old child. No, they found... 4,000 pounds and two bars of pure gold. And in Noel's purse, investigators also found credit cards and documents belonging to Ronald Platt and his girlfriend, Elaine Boys. They also found the little girl's birth certificates, which listed the parents as Ronald Platt and Elaine Claire Boys, otherwise Noel Platt. When police confronted Noel about her different identity, she explained that she needed care while pregnant, and Davis suggested she use Elaine Boys' identity to further use her health insurance. As the questioning continued, Noelle broke down, revealing that she was not really Davis's wife after all, but his daughter. When news on this broke, the community was shocked, as the two were very convincing as husband and wife, at least outwardly. And the father of Noelle's kids? She would not say. The Davis's home was searched, and officials found 30000 worth of British pounds and Swiss francs, U.S. dollars, keys to storage lockers, gold bars, and paintings. They also discovered that in the month leading up to Ron's murder, Davis had bought over 60,000 pounds worth of gold bullion. But even more important to the investigation, officers found a small receipt from a shop called Sport Nautique in Dartmouth. And among other items purchased was a 10-pound galvanized zinc plow anchor purchased for almost three pounds on July 8th, 
less than two weeks before Ron drowned. Surprising nobody, the anchor was paid for with a credit card in Ronald Platt's name. John Kopek, the fisherman who found Platt's body, confirmed that there was an anchor tangled up in the same net that they found Platt, but that he had given it to a friend. The friend had given it to his mother to sell, and authorities quickly found the anchor and compared it to bruises on Platt's body. And guess what? They matched. Then police set out to search Davis's 24-foot yacht, the Lady Jane. Inside the cabin, they found a sport nautique bag and all other items that were also on the receipt recovered in Davis's home. All the items were there, except for that anchor. Also, Platt's own fingerprint was found on the bag. Forensic examiners recovered blood and three dark brown hairs that DNA testing revealed to belong to Ronald Platt and were removed forcibly. This proved without a doubt that Ron had been on the Lady Jane and Davis had knocked Ron unconscious before throwing him overboard. Furthermore, David Davis's GPS on the Lady Jane read that the boat had switched off at 3.8 nautical miles from where Ron Platt's body resurfaced. Finally agreeing to cooperate after mounting evidence against her and Davis, Davis's wife slash daughter confirmed that on July 20th, 1996, David Davis left their holiday rental in Totnes and went out on his yacht alone. Finally, the Rolex and Platt's arm, the big piece of the puzzle as to what happened to Ronald Platt, provided another huge point of information. A self-winding watch, the Rolex was fully waterproof and runs for 40 hours after it stops moving. It had stopped at 11.35 on the 22nd of the month, which meant that Ron was probably killed and thrown overboard two days before, on Saturday, July 20th. David Davis had killed his best friend, assumed his identity, and lived a life as Ronald Platt, complete with an incestuous relationship with his daughter, who was posing as Platt's ex-girlfriend. It was a lot, of course, and almost immediately investigators discover who David Davis, or Ronald Platt, really was. Turns out, he was Canada's most wanted fugitive. We'll give you his real identity and the conclusion of this case after the break. Hi. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, how are you? Hello. How are you doing? How's it going out there? How's it going out there? How's it going out there? No? I don't think so. Mm, That's bad. Yeah. I take it back. You want to say hello to anyone who's listening? 
spreading the good word of ghost town absolutely show. thank you so so much thank you thank you thank you thank you we've gotten so many amazing comments after our chateau marmont episodes and beyond if you haven't listened to those yet <laughs> you're really missing out they're yeah really some we're not just solid... saying that because we made them yeah no a lot of work <laughs> went into them and they're really fun to listen to yeah the other, everything's fun to listen to yeah it's all fun it's all fun. it's all fun and games yeah nobody gets hurt yeah just like the song Welcome to the Jungle, it's about this three-episode <laughs> arc in uh, Ghost Town. That's right. Hmm? Does that help? You know what always helps? Come saves the day? Who? The Ghost Town government. Yeah, that's right. Saving the day. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Rocking their own brand of high-end accessory. Mm. Wearing a cool jade brooch. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's pretty Jade. Jade. It's uh, it's pretty Casey Weber. Hello. Totally rocking a out of print, I guess, no longer made swatch mm. from back in the 80s. That's cool. A cool rock one with the X on it. Oh, that's yeah. Always, that's a real cool one. That is pretty cool. That's Kelly Mann. Hello. Totally rocking a brand new Sony Walkman with the headphones, but it's back when it first came out. It's not now. <laughs> Even though now it would still be pretty cool, pretty retro, yeah. but it came out then. Everyone's like, whoa, where'd you get the money for that? Are yeah. you a drug trafficker? Damn. I'm impressed. It's Kat Joselle. Hello. And just blinging out with a big old nameplate. Ooh. Huge nameplate. Very expensive. Damn. Because- a very long name. That's Matthew <laughs> Clemens Larray. Hello. And wearing some diamond earrings. Woo! They're skulls, but in the eyes, diamonds. In the nose, diamonds. In the mouth, more diamonds. These are heavy. It's too dang heavy. <laughs> I'm trying to picture it. It's too dang heavy. It's too dang heavy. But guess what? Ashley Matson doesn't care. <laughs> nice. And showing it off. Just showing this off. Big time. Showing off a diamond tennis bracelet, which Ooh. by name, a tennis bracelet, you're like, what even is that? But you know it's good. It's good. Because you've heard tennis bracelet a lot. <laughs> you know it's good. Yeah. And you know who knows it's good? Emma Hopkins. Hello. And wearing the biggest accessory of all is Ooh. our governor. Ooh. Mayor's got a good. Mm-hmm. Governor? Ooh. Ensconced. Yeah, I'm using the word ensconced. <laughs> in another private jet. I guess it's just wow. think, just another just another a, private jet. Just a another gold, g- diamond encrusted. Standing next to a statue. Just always doing something. I know. It's hurting my eyes. It's ha- like bright. Have mm. you walked into a 7-Eleven before? <laughs> Has this person ever walked into a 7-Eleven? Why would they need to? Why would they need to? Everything's on the jet. They, it's all on the jet. <laughs> you know what's on the jet? They're probably playing like backgammon and stuff like that, oh, right? Fuck. Uh, it's yeah, like a beautiful gambling. wood carved. They have a, a, a somebody to deal cards on there. <laughs> I want to know. Somebody get to the bottom of this. Anyone out yeah. here sleuths? Well, try to uncover the very interesting and I say lavish. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Mm. Just call it like I see it. We may never know. Our governor, Avian, Avian Noble. Noble. No ads, no chit chat, bonus episodes, just the good stuff. Head on over to patreon.com slash ghost town pod. Working on some uh, bonus stuff from the Chateau Marmont. Mm. I think I'm going to put the full – I'm going to trim out the 
beginning and end, like where we're setting up, but the full seance. Oh, yeah. It's going to take a second for me to get it all up on there, but I'm going to have that up on the Patreon. It's really cool. Like, it's yeah. actually, like, interesting to watch. Cause yeah. It's not, and there's like, some stuff that we don't talk about in the episode itself yeah. that is very cool that we I think we wish could have gotten in there. So it's not like it really is, bullshit. It's a, a five. If we put everything that was cool, it'd be more like a five-episode series. Yeah. Three, but, you know, there's only so many. Yeah, got there's so much. A lot of people say some nice things. Oh, that's good. Some people don't. <laughs> okay. Got a couple of reviews from Castbox FM. Got a lot of good ones. Shauna on Castbox always drops some good reviews on there. Mm-hmm. If you haven't left a review or you want to leave a review somewhere, anywhere, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can. Please, please. Wherever you can get. We'll take it wherever we can. Absolutely. But this is on Castbox where we have a rather uh, large listening base. But uh, the first one is. From Melody Dannon, so many advertisements, I don't think <laughs> they care. Oh, no. Just fluff, fluff for the commercials. Oh, no. I dare you to count the ads. You can do it, but you won't listen again. Sad, because I like them. I don't know when, but if the podcast has always had the same amount. Mm, That's no. why I don't believe. I wish we could make the podcast without ads, but we need more patrons. <laughs> I would listen, If we had enough Patreon subscribers... There would be less ads. Absolutely. Because I would, and if that would make the patrons happy, I would keep that going. Oh my God. It'd be great. I get that you have to make money, but they used to be good. So you don't, do you get it? I get that you got to make money, but don't make it. But I get it because I do it. (laughs) Sold out, didn't you? I would love to, wait, tell me me. where I can sell out. Nope. We already did because there was an ad. (laughs) She was a great writer. She was? Um, <laughs> Never. Now she talks fluff to sell vitamins? This, this I don't know if people are actually listening. Wow. Uh, Again, would love to do that. And other shit. Yeah, I'm cursed because I'm quoting. Mm. I just broke up with you, Ghost Town. Oh, no. That's Melody. Not, not very melodious of you, Melody. Oh. But hey, listen, I understand. Listen, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and they all have ads. Uh, sold out, didn't ya? <laughs> I mean, I would like, you don't understand, we've never made money on this podcast, and you're getting two episodes a week. I don't know what you want. We also have day jobs. Yeah. Please help us, help us have less ads. Uh, I would love that. Yeah. Or or just just keep listening. That also helps, too. (laughs) Just don't give up on us. Unless you want to, then do it. All right, let's see what Mike Miles has to say. Awesome topics and subject matter. Just really hard to get through the volume of banter. As it just kind of weaves in and out all over the episode. This must be an early an one. But I think they're referencing a more current one. Because, you know, you can comment, like, on... You see it more in the app. I'm looking on the desktop. Hmm. The corresponding thing... Like, the episode that says you used to be a really good writer was one of the episodes that I read. Mm-hmm. So it was one of my episodes. Mm. The one you're always talking about, vitamins. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's, <laughs> Literally, that, I have yeah. no idea what, what they're talking about. Same with this one. This is one that seems like it's early. I don't know. I don't know what people are listening to and they're just coming and commenting on like another episodes. Mm-hmm. That's how the uh, functionality of this is. But Sure. Overall, a decent podcast. Hard to tolerate the narcissistic broad who tells sidebar stories about how many people she's dated. Blah, blah, blah. Makes everything about herself. I just don't <laughs> think anyone cares that much. But seriously, the locations they talk about and the stories are interesting. <laughs> and that's a He's recent right. One. He's right. <laughs> Nobody cares about this broad. Yeah, this broad. She's always talking <laughs> about it. That's true. No, and uh, the, that that seems like a throwback one because I haven't dated anyone in years. Yeah, so, but she's so narcissistic about I am. it. Well, that's true. That's true. He's got that right. 
So if you want to leave us a comment somewhere, uh, if you go to castbox.fm and want to leave, find Ghost Town, leave a comment to mm-hmm. offset these or Apple Podcast or wherever. Or if you want to be one of our benefactors who will sponsor us and support us so we can have less ads, absolutely open yeah. to that. I made it probably about six, seven, eight months ago. I took down like 20% of the ads. Okay. So because I just wanted people to be happy. And that's why we have even less money. Yeah. But, you know, that's, that's as far as I could go at this point. Yeah. Just we just the need something to just keep us going. We need little morsels. Oh, we do have some pins going out for those of you that are in the pin tier. Mm-hmm. Um, I have those hot little pins in my hot little hands. Yeah. They Ooh. will be mailed. Rebecca packaged them all up. I, and I will be mailing them. That's right. That's right. And we've got some great – this is a teaser for later, but we've got some very fun – holiday gifts for yeah our patrons our, yep. yeah it's gonna be very fun uh more so than any other year yeah. i will say because uh i went traveling and i picked up some stuff yeah that's all i'll say that's all i'll say and it, i'm working on some ghost town specific holiday merch Ooh, this is news to me we're working on yeah absolutely it's gonna be a lot of fun see faces you want to see this narcissistic broad that's right that's right ads vitamin ad you want to yeah. see the vitamin broad yeah. in person yeah <laughs> well well, speaking of narcissists, I we, should, we should uh, get back to the incestuous murderer con man. So after Davis's prints came back, the database flagged them as those of Albert Johnson Walker, not surprisingly, David Davis. Walker was incredibly dangerous, ranking number four on Interpol's most wanted list. He was also on the run from the Canadian police for six years for committing fraud, theft and money laundering for almost four million dollars. Now Davis, or Platt, or Walker, was Canada's most wanted fugitive. Walker was born in Hamilton, Ontario, to a middle-class family. A gregarious high school dropout, Walker soon got a job as a bank teller and spent much of his free time on the campus of the local college, Ontario's University of Waterloo. That's where he met Barbara McDonald, and after a couple of days, proposed to her. They married in 1968 and started a family in Ontario, eventually having three girls named Jill, Sheena, and Heather and one boy named Duncan. The couple started doing tax returns and opened their own bookkeeping business, which thrived, evolving into a robust business with six branches and over 30 employees. Walker loved having that money, but also loved church, and his life began having a bit of a dichotomy between church choir and buying luxury cars, jet-setting and caring for his young family. But then Walker's ethics took a permanent turn for the worst. Walker lied about having a degree from Oxford University and began investing his fellow churchgoers' money in government bonds. But the money didn't get invested at all. Instead, it was transferred to offshore accounts he held in the Cayman Islands in Switzerland. He began cheating on his wife, and eventually, Barbara asked for a divorce. Walter moved out and took all four children with him, which began a bitter battle with Barbara. Only his two oldest kids, Sheena and Jill, stayed with Walker. That is, until Walker paid for 18-year-old Jill to get breast implants and got 15-year-old Sheena birth control pills. Barbara was livid and restricted access to their two younger kids. Furious, Walker stalked their home and kicked in their front door. When Barbara called the police, Walker was arrested for destruction of property and had his fingerprints taken, prints that would eventually lead to the discovery of his real identity. In 1990, Walker started feeling the heat from his bad investments and fled Canada with his 15-year-old daughter Sheena. When Barbara realized what had happened, she called the police, who followed Walker's trail to the Ritz Hotel in England. But that's when Walker's trail went cold, as he started going by David Davis, the name of an old Canadian colleague and investor that bore a striking resemblance to Walker himself. 
Walker managed to steal Davis's birth certificate and his national security number from his investment paperwork and started calling his daughter Noel. In 1991, Davis met Ron Platt and thought this would be a new, ideal target. After all, David Davis still linked him to his original identity, Albert Walker. With Ron and Elaine in Canada and Walker in the UK, it seemed perfect, and the new Ron and his new wife, Noel, lived lavishly, buying a yacht named the Lady Jane and starting their own family. That is, until Ron came back in 1995. With two Ronald Platts in England, Walker knew he had limited time to make two Ronalds just one again. On the weekend of July 6th, Walker was busy, buying the anchor and taking Ron Platt to Totnes to the Steam Packet Inn. Three weeks later, Walker took Ron on the boat, knocking him unconscious with a blunt object, pulling him to the upper deck, attaching the anchor to his belt, and throwing him overboard. Albert Johnson Walker's murder trial started in April 1998, almost two years after Ron Platt's death. When Walker was arrested, his daughter Sheena returned to Canada with her kids, finally reuniting with her mother in Ontario, and only flying back to testify against her father. To this day, Sheena refuses to comment on the father of her children, or have any further DNA testing done. When Walker himself took the stand, he said Sheena begged to go with him, and that he was a fraudster, but not a murderer. As for the blood found in the Lady Jane, Walker claimed that Ron had bumped his head when they were out fishing. But nobody believed it. Albert Johnson Walker was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison with 15 years without the possibility of parole. Quote, it was nothing personal, Walker told CTV's W5 in 1998. My marriage was falling apart. My business was falling apart. We were headed into a deep recession. So I took some money and left. With Walker in prison, the hunt to track down the millions of dollars he embezzled was in full force. In 2000, half a million pounds of embezzled money was recovered, and authorities suspected that there's another 150,000 pounds worth of gold bars hidden somewhere. In 2007, Walker was transferred to Canada, where he was sentenced to four years for 19 fraud-related crimes. But shockingly, in June of 2023, Walker was granted parole, having served 26 years in prison. Walker is barred from working in the financial industry and from contacting his children or grandchildren and from having contact with female kids under the age of 16, or using any other name than his own. According to parole board papers reported on by the Canadian press, Albert Walker had been taking computer lessons and learning about internet safety during his time behind bars. What he does with it now that he's been out, now about five months, is a terrifying thought. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you.